In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and I am joined by the renowned plastic surgeon and skincare genius, Dr. Lara Devgan. It's been so long since you've been on this show. I think the last episode was 2018. So welcome back, Dr. Devkin. How have you been? Good. Yeah, we've had a couple pandemics since then. Just I think I had a couple kids. I know. Have um, you? Yeah, I had one kid since. <laughs> I think I had one since then. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but you so have we- a lot more. How's <laughs> <laughs> motherhood? You know, it's great. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I love my daughter. She's amazing. It's been a crazy year for sure. But I, I'm excited to talk to you about a lot of this stuff because speaking of motherhood, something that people have been asking me and when Sammy was on the show, us to do is to talk about is breast reductions, the topic of breast reduction, because I got one when in 2015, but now post baby, I feel as though it's gone back and I need I need one again. I'm not going to get one right now again, but it's just crazy how like your body just I don't know. It's wild. So we had so many submissions for questions about this topic, and I'd love to talk to you about that. But you perform breast reductions frequently. Yeah. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, so I do plastic surgery of the face, breast, and body, as well as non-surgical procedures. And breast reduction is a huge topic because a lot of people not only want, you know, their small breasts to be bigger, which is what you often hear about in the media, but there are a lot of concerns with the breasts. Some people have larger breasts that they want to be smaller. Some people have asymmetric breasts that they want to be more symmetrical. Some people have droopy breasts that they want to be perkier. Mm-hmm. There's this whole world of breasts. Yeah. And it's and it's also like when po- after motherhood, like you're breasts, I just want to say boobs, but your breasts, <laughs> like they change so much. Um, and it's like, just, it feels like, like a different two set of boobs. <laughs> so I, it's like, I feel I, I, I'm talking to my friends who had kids and they're like, I just can't wait when I'm done having kids, I'm going, I'm going to find a doctor. So it's definitely just like a topic that's discussed a lot. So primarily like do, when people come to you, is it, is it people like, mothers or is it like younger people that, you know, with back problems, what's a typical situation? I would say with breast reduction, there there's a bimodal distribution. So there are two main buckets of breast reduction patients. One is prepartum. So that could be, you know, 
young patients in their late teens, early to mid 20s, maybe early 30s, they've not had kids. They just feel like for most of their young lives, they've been struggling with large breasts and you can get symptoms like back pain, shoulder grooving from your bra straps. You can get intertrigonous rashes, which are basically like uncomfortable rashes underneath the breasts. Um, it can be an encumbrance if you are active or you want to play sports. I've even had mm -hmm. high school kids feel like they can't be competitive with their sports of choice because, um, you know, because of their breast size. And then also there's a whole host of more social topics like self-consciousness. So that's mm -hmm. one bucket. And then the second bucket of patients for breast reduction is um, postpartum patients. And that's um, a little bit about what you were alluding to, like patients who've um, had children, they've gone through the weight fluctuations that happen with pregnancy and delivery and oftentimes nursing. And once that happens, you know, there are a lot of indignities to the female body that happen <laughs> with having kids that we never really talk about in, you know, it amongst our friend groups of, in medical school and beyond. And one of those things that happens is that the breasts are a hormone dependent tissue. And in some people, they can become um, big and cumbersome. And you get some of those same symptoms that I was mentioning. Right. I remember when I was younger too, like I had to wear two sports bras. Like I couldn't, I, I wanted to play, like I, I played tennis and it was like really difficult so finally, when, you know, I got older and I was like, okay, I can afford this now, I did it. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And I've talked about it on the show a lot. And it just made me feel like I could see my torso again. Like it just was just wonderful. Speaking of just confidence, it really just brought me so much confidence. And, you know, now, now it just feels like it's gone back and it's so stressful, but it's all right. We will, we'll live. So when people, when you go, let's say somebody wants to go get one, what, what steps do they take to go about that? So one of the main first steps is speaking to your doctor. So some people start by talking to their OB or gynecologist. Um, other people will come directly to me, like their plastic surgeon. Um, and then some people will actually start with more orthopedic type concerns. So they'll actually present with back pain and they'll go to a chiropractor or orthopedic doctor um, or primary doctor because they have more musculoskeletal issues. But anyway, one way or another, people will find their way into the office of a board certified plastic surgeon. And a consultation looks like um, a formal breast exam where we check for lumps or masses of the breasts um, or XLA, which means armpits. Um, we check for nipple discharge. We look for any problems with the breasts that may not be typical things that you think about when you think about just regular enlarge enlargement of the breasts. So you look for puckering, uh, rippling. You know, keep in mind that one in eight American women will unfortunately receive a diagnosis of breast cancer. So you want to think about outlier reasons why someone may be coming into your practice that may not be why they think they're coming into your practice. Um, and so after a breast exam, um, we also will do um, measurements of certain anatomic features on the breast to actually more precisely characterize how big they are. Um, and then I'm going to also during this consultation talk to the patient about 
all the things that we've been talking about. So breast pain, back pain, shoulder grooving, the need to wear multiple bras, all the lifestyle modifications that have happened, rashes, irritation, self-consciousness, all of that stuff. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the goals of surgery. So some people want a, just a small reduction, a little bit perkier, a little bit tighter tissue, less looseness, less sagginess. Some people want a really big reduction. And um, part of what I do is to try to make the patient feel confident and um, have the patient get what they want. Um, but also we want some of the things I think about are making a result proportionate to the rest of the body, um, making it comfortable, um, trying to improve symmetry over baseline. And, um, and then whenever I excise tissue from the breasts, I'm also sending it to pathology for analysis because once in a very rare while, something abnormal will be seen from a cancer standpoint. So if that happens, you don't want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests. Pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat,
throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I've heard that if you can show that you have like back aches or for like a year or something that you can get it covered by insurance. Otherwise, it's not covered. Is that true? A lot of people asked about insurance coverage. Yes. It's becoming a really super difficult climate to get insurance coverage of breast reductions, unfortunately. But there are ways to have insurance cover breast reduction. If you can document symptoms like back pain, breast pain, shoulder grooving, those are some classic ones. And if you can document that you've seen other doctors like um, a pain specialist, orthopedic doctor, chiropractor, and you have notes and records of those visits, those are very helpful. One of the key deciding factors, and I would say the number one most important deciding factor in determining if a breast reduction is covered by health insurance is something called the Schnurr sliding scale, um, S-C-H-N-U-R-R. And um, that is a metric that insurance companies collectively have decided on to use. And it basically looks at your total body surface area So it looks at your um, height and weight. It's a little different from BMI though, but it looks at your total body surface area, um, a measure of your size, and it uses that to calculate the amount of breast tissue that should be excised by your surgeon in order for your surgery to be considered necessary and not cosmetic. And um, you have to excise more than the 22nd percentile on this scale, in, which is this so whole thing. I mean, like, just if this sounds ridiculous, it's because, yeah. it, it's, because it's officially ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you acknowledge that. <laughs> I acknowledge that. And it is ridiculous. And I, I would say that even though I've done very large breast reductions, I almost never meet the threshold for getting my patients um, to meet this very silly and somewhat archaic Schnurr sliding scale. And um, and the reason is that in my patient population, women wanna look proportionate. They don't wanna look like their breasts are really small compared to their waists and their hips. And a lot of women who have been used to having a very full figure don't want to look completely flat chested. They still want to have a little bit of fullness, just not super, super huge fullness. And so um, the Schnurr sliding scale, in my humble opinion, is very aggressive um, because it requires plastic surgeons to take away a lot of tissue. Um, So long story short, it can be a real challenge to get your breast reduction covered by health insurance. Um, But if you want to try your best, Try to see a doctor who's in your health insurance network um, and try to document breast and back pain and just know that that still may not be enough if you're hoping for a proportionate outcome. Thank you for sharing all of that and going into such detail. It is so complicated. I I mean, from an insurance 
standpoint, I guess it makes sense. They have to come up with some formula to like decide, but it does sound ridiculous. Especially for people who are like, you know, we all know the inadequacies of body mass index. Like if you're muscular or athletic, your BMI may be falsely high. The same type of inadequacies are here with the Schnur sliding scale. So if you're a tall or strong woman, like you may have to take away just a ridiculously huge amount of tissue that is very disproportionate to what aesthetically you would want to take away. Can you share the price range if you do it out of pocket with no coverage? I think it really would depend on your geographic area, but um, typically a breast reduction would um, kind of be starting in the range of twenty to thirty thousand dollars and up. Okay. And a breast reduction would, as part of that operation, also encompass a breast lift, symmetrization, and um, reduction and symmetrization of the size of the areole. So I think. You know, it can be a really big commitment. Yeah. Also, another question was about like, I know you mentioned BMI, like weight loss. People are asking, when I went into a console, a doctor has asked me like, are you planning to lose any weight? Is that because if you do after you get a breast reduction, they might become uneven again? Or what's the consideration there? Um, So the breasts are made up of both fatty tissue and glandular breast tissue. And in every woman, it's some percentage of each one of those, but it can vary. And if your breasts happen to be more fatty tissue based and you lose weight, they're going to shrink. But if they're more glandular based, then they won't change in size. So sometimes people, your plastic surgeon may want to see if your breasts are weight dependent or not, um, or if they're more hormone dependent. Um, like we all know people who will like lose weight and they'll all they'll lose it in their breasts. And on the contrary, we all know people who are very very thin but somehow have really large breasts. Right. So when getting a breast reduction, I know you talked. You talked about like areola and, you know, I remember there was different types of breast reductions, like different types of like, like the anchor or the different types of, this was a long time ago. So I don't know if things have changed. I assume, yes, things have changed, but I don't know by how much. And then also the moving of the areola and how that affects future nursing. Yeah. With breast reduction, depending on the size of your breasts, the pattern of the scar on your body is either going to look like a lollipop, so around the areola and straight down, or it's going to look like an anchor around the areola straight down and with a little smiley face at the bottom. And um, one of those two patterns will be necessary. The anchor pattern is more likely if you have very large breasts, and the lollipop pattern is more more possible if your breasts are on the smaller side. A short scar or a lollipop pattern is um, what I would say a more modern type of technique. And so um, not that's not applicable to all patients, but it can be beautiful to reduce scar burden if it's applicable to you. In terms of the areola and the nipple areola complex, that's that's what we call the, the nipple. Um, it's, it's, guys, it's actually the nipple areolar complex. So 
From now on, you can say free the nipple areolar complex. It's not free the nipple. Um, the, the nipple areolar complex for most types of modern breast reduction remains attached to the breast tissue below it. So that means that most women are going to still be able to breastfeed even after they've had a breast reduction. Um, that's not a guarantee, and there is a risk that you may have some changes, but we know that in both women who've had breast surgery and women who haven't, about a third of women in both categories breastfeed successfully, about a third of women don't ever attempt to breastfeed, and about a third of women try and are not successful. And so that's true of most types of breast surgery, including breast implants also. Okay. Could you also, though, have somewhere in between, like, supply issues because you've removed potential ducts? It's possible to have milk supply issues, but it's usually not because of a surgery. I mean, obviously, every case is different, Yeah, but it would be an exceedingly unusual situation for the ducts below the nipple areolar complex to be cut during um, a, a standard breast reduction. Sometimes you do something called a free nipple graft. And if that happens, if the nipple's totally removed and then stuck back on like a sticker, you definitely are not going to breastfeed ever again. Um, but that's not what happens in a standard surgery. So if you go to a doctor and they give you those options or they say that this was going to happen, do you recommend finding somebody else? Um, I don't I don't think that any legitimate board certified plastic surgeon is going to go with that as their main option. A free nipple graft is sort of like a backup plan if something untoward happens during surgery. Okay. I see. So that's not like a, you know, I think that's most of the time you're going to be just fine. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, can you talk to me about the recovery? Um, like we talked about scars and scarring. People asked about drains. What is it like? Do you have like weeks of bed rest? So you do not have weeks of bed rest. Generally speaking, after breast reduction, um, people do really well. It's an outpatient surgery, which means that the operation will typically take about three hours on average. Depending on your unique situation, it could be anywhere from two to four or even four and a half hours, five hours would be a super maximum. But I would say it's typically a three-hour surgery with a one-hour recovery in the hospital or the outpatient surgical center. Um, in my practice, um, we have a private OR, so it's a little bit of a more boutique experience. But when patients meet milestones, like when you're eating, drinking, you're comfortable, you go to the bathroom, you answer our questions nicely, um, then you get to go home. And you go home with um, a friend or private duty nurse or guardian, and then um, you recover at home. Most people feel comfortable to go back to work or school within four to seven days after surgery. Um, you'll have little tapes called Steri strips on your incision lines, and you'll be wearing a surgical bra, which is almost like a front zip sports bra um, that's a bit more snug. And I send people home with pain and nausea medicine, and in some circumstances, antibiotics, but usually not. And um, generally speaking, patients do very well. You're not on bed rest. You're able to get up and walk around right away. A lot of patients will be able to, you know, go for a short meal at a restaurant the next day or run an errand or two, but you want to be spending that first week mostly reading and catching up on your Netflix queue and you can work from home and stuff like that. And, um, and then after that, you can slowly get back into normal circulation um, I advise patients to avoid strenuous physical exercise for the first four to six weeks after surgery, depending on the case. And I would just tell anyone who's listening that there is so much variability in any surgical outcome. Every little part of every single surgery, your anatomy, your tissues, the exact circumstances of what happens in the operating room. Um, your genetics, your tendency towards scarring, what your surgeon tells you. And so everything that I tell you guys is really a general rule. And it's kind of this Gaussian distribution of a bell curve and that everything should be taken with a grain of salt. So you've got to really listen to your doctor's recommendations for your specific case. So if your doctor's telling you not to exercise for eight weeks, but I said four weeks on this podcast, you better <laughs> listen to your own doctor. Right. I think that's <laughs> a great caveat. Um, so steri strips are drink because I didn't I remember not having drains, but other people I know had drains. Why do some have it and some don't? Drains. Um, I don't use drains in um breast reductions because I try to make it um a very clean and not 
you know, almost bloodless operation. Some people like to use drains. It's surgeon specific. So everyone has their own tendencies. It's Okay. So but the thing that you're draining is blood is that's what it is. Sorry guys to you, <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or blood or fluid. Fluid. Okay. That's a better word. Fluid um, sounds a little gentler. Yeah. <laughs> and scars, how long do they last? What do you do? I remember using scar gel. How do you reduce scarring? I know you said part, it could be partially genetic. So um, once you get to an appropriate time point after surgery, usually six to eight weeks, you can start treating scars. And you can do that with um, topicals like silicone gel. You can use silicone adhesive sheets. You can use vitamin E, oils, even retinoids, vitamin CBE ferulic. Um, and then once you get to a six to 12 month time point, you can even think about lasers for scar reduction. But the great thing about breast reduction is that scars do improve over time. I know a lot of people are worried about scarring, which is normal, um, but the scars get better. Yeah, they definitely have gone better. I mean, I still have a little bit, but it's like, you know, it's clear line if that makes sense. I had a listener write in saying um, she got a breast reduction and lift 10 years ago, but now they're sagging again. Is that timeline normal? Do people, is there like an update that you have to get? Like how long do they last? Yeah. The way I would think about surgery is you're resetting your baseline and you're turning back the clock to how you want it to be, but you're not stopping the clock from ticking. And so imagine you're rehabbing your house, you're rebuilding your house, but you have to use all the exact same bricks. There are some limitations in your genetics and your molecules and cells that led you to be a bit droopy in the first place. And those factors are still at play. So it's not unusual for somebody to feel like, you know, a decade has passed and like they got a little older. It, we haven't found a cure for that yet, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that that's common. I would say that I would not go into any surgery, like uh, any breast reduction type of surgery, feeling like you're going to be required to do it again. But you should know that you're going to continue to age and more stuff is going to happen. Weight fluctuations, time, genetics pregnancy, nursing, all that stuff, that's wear and tear on your body. And it's not realistic to think that the breasts are going to stay unchanged forever. So, you know, it's, I'm not surprised by that scenario. Right. Yeah. That makes sense because it's still your, the skin is still aging. The, like everything is still kind of moving along. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you have from 10 years ago that still looks as good that you use every single day? Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Speaking of anti-aging, <laughs> you have a great line, a skincare line that helps, you know, with the anti-aging and you do a lot of procedures. What are some of like the best procedures that anybody could go to, especially like for a facial? What's something that, you know, is just like the best thing that you you have? So for, I think some of the stuff that's so popular right now is stuff that you barely notice, which is so interesting. I think that's one of the biggest changes in plastic surgery in the past decade. I've now been in private practice for coming up on my ninth year, which really, it flew by. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think at the beginning of that time period, it was all about super exaggerated, obvious stuff. And now a decade later, the stuff that is most resonant with people overall is barely noticeable. So in terms of facials and skin, the gold microinfusion microneedling facial is really amazing. It's where we use a customized cocktail of Botox, hyaluronic acid, and platelet-rich plasma, which is a blood product derivative, and micro-inject it 500 microns deep into the dermis of the skin. And it gives you this really beautiful glass skin kind of look. And it boosts collagen, it delivers growth factors into the skin, and it hydrates from within. So that's definitely one of our most popular procedures for skin. But then I think the era of the tweakment and this concept that I developed of facial optimization where people want to lean into the idea of making many tiny millimeter level changes all over the face instead of, you know, just showing up with like brand new cheeks or, you know, or like a big, huge jaw. You know, I I think that um, I think the global approach to the face is is what's going on right now in injectables. And then in terms of the surgical world, um, you know, I do a lot of procedures during the pandemic. It was all about the eyes, like eyelid surgery, blepharoplasty, brow lift. Now that people have taken off the masks, it's like a focus on the neck and jawline and face, um, which is so interesting. And then people have gone so small with the body. I guess it's fitting because we're talking about breast reduction, but people want very tiny breast implants now. And all my body surgeries are now about reduction. They're all about liposculpture and, you know, submental liposuction and buccal fat pad excision and sort of sleekness. It's like the Kate Moss era is back. Yes. Oh, that's so funny that you just said that because Sammy and I just did a back for seconds about that. Literally say that topic that like that thin quote, thin is in again. Um, and like why we believe that that's happening and all of that. But that's so interesting that literally you have proof of that based on like the demand for what people want to look for themselves. 
But before you went into all of the other treatments, how long does that first thing with the like, with the little tiny Botox and how, yeah, the facial, how long does that last? (laughs) Um, It lasts about three months because it's the effect of intradermal Botox um, contracting the piloerector muscles in the skin. So you know how if you're cold or scared, your hair stand on end? Uh Uh-huh. That's because of like little muscles at the base of the hair follicle. So if you do micro droplet Botox, it shrinks them and makes the pores look invisible. You're blowing my mind. That's crazy. I I might make an appointment. Um, Okay. (laughs) Talk to me about your line. I know you have amazing products. I see them everywhere. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Well, it's been awesome. It's been going really well. We're... um, you know, my skincare line, Dr. Lara Devgan Scientific Beauty is, it kind of was my project, my in-office project. And it, we took it to major retailers during the pandemic. We went into Sephora in 2020. And then over the past um, year and a half, two years, um, we now have launched worldwide Um, so it's been a really exciting time. We're now at Saks, Revolve, Shopbop, Net-A-Porter, Violet Gray. Um, I, am missing some, but it's been wild. It's been really cool. And it's really amazing to be able to bring a little bit of, um, the magic of my medical practice and clinically based, clinically effective products that have backing in actual science into people's bathroom cabinets. So that's very cool. That's what it's all about. So cool. Congratulations. If somebody were to get only one of your products, what is your favorite? What's the best one that you recommend? I really love our retinol Bacuchiol serum um, because people really fall off the wagon with retinoids and retinols. They either use really ineffective drugstore quality ones, or they'll go all in with a prescription tretinoin that's so drying and harsh that they stop using it after one week. And this retinol Bacuchiol serum does five different things. It improves skin cell turnover. It reduces fine lines. It decreases hyperpigmentation. It improves apparent pore size, and it builds collagen and improves skin luster. So it's kind of this amazing product because it also combines retinol with Bacuchiol, which is a plant-based antioxidant. So it tempers all of those irritating side effects that make you red and dry with regular retinoids. So I think that's really awesome. And I actually really like it with our hyaluronic serum and vitamin CB ferulic. So those three are our serum superheroes. And I think those are truly the three most essential skincare products anyone needs. And if you just used those three and literally soap from a public restroom, you would probably be okay. I mean, I don't, I don't do that personally, but like you would probably make it work. Yeah. Uh, And then like, I also love platinum long lash, which is our eyelash serum. And that's like not really a skin skin product, but it's just like, I feel like eyelashes demonstrate the power of a millimeter. And that's, that's like my thing. (laughs) Um, Well, you really sold that to me because I'm going to check it out. But um, (laughs) thank you so much, Dr. Devgan, for taking the time to talk to me to talk to the DS tiers all about like, 
such good information. And, you know, it feels like insider information about breast reductions. It's something that you wouldn't really hear just Googling. You know, you don't know what to believe when you Google all this stuff. So thank you so much. I feel like it um, really helps us be informed patients. So thank you so much. And where can everybody find your skincare line? Where can they follow you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lara Devkin MD and everything else links from there. That's great. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send in all of your questions, DST at Betches.com. Follow us at Diet Starts tomorrow on Instagram. You can follow me at Aileen. Follow Dr. Devgan at Lara Devgan, MD. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Betches.